Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quilla. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and women out there tonight. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, not that you're working on Mother's Day, since mothers (laughs) work all the time. All the time. The toughest job in the world, Yeah, in fact, I'm I'm getting a break. Is this, oh, this is your break. This is the break. This is your Mother's Day present. It is. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, I, I am sorry that you're having to work on Mother's Day and not in, your, not in your role as mother. Right. But in your role as keeping me focused and on target and entertaining we- our vast listening audience. Well, and we're going to get to it. But see, this is why we celebrate women, even women who aren't mothers on Mother's mm-hmm. Day, because we all have that mothering quality. So even with you, Mac, I am mm-hmm. still taking care of you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> See, I, 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 I am I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be a falsehood. <laughs> it would be a, a, a just a exercise in arguing for the sake of arguing. Yes. And you've so. learned because you're, you're married and you have a mom, too. That's right. <laughs> you're still married, I should that, say. That's right. The, the uh, best words that any guy can learn, yes, dear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, so we didn't talk about it last week because we had a jam-packed show, even though it was we just did. the two of us. But uh, we didn't. the Lots Columbia Memorial Hospital, the the other hospital in the region, yes, had a fabulous Diamond Derby event. Um, your husband was involved in that. He was. He's the foundation director there, and I'm very proud of him. They raised um, half a million dollars. They reached their goal for the event, and it was it was so fun. I love it. It's it's the Kentucky Derby themed event, and we actually get to watch the Derby. Did you know that there are multiple races on Derby Day? You know, I, there's like four. I was. I'm I think, about to ask this. I'm going to ask it in the worst possible way. <laughs> I have no interest. No. <laughs> so I was going to ask, is it interesting to people that have no interest? Well, I think you could get wrapped up in it. I if do. I mean, people were really, I mean, because they showed it at the event and some people mm-hmm. were cheering and some people were following, but I guess mm-hmm. you also have to be gambling to be financially invested, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, it is exactly why the event occurs, right? It's, because I can see getting caught up in the moment, mm-hmm. even if you're not a fan yeah, and paying it's attention. So, and it's so short, right? I mean, 45 my, seconds or something. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's the other thing. I mean, although that could be a good thing. That's over it's and done. Over. But, but like my sister never liked baseball. And long story, somehow she went to a baseball game and there was like a big comeback in like the seventh and eighth inning. She's like, it was really kind of exciting. Uh-oh. And I was always stunned when she said that. I'm like, really? <laughs> I thought you hated baseball. Right. <laughs> but I can get you're in a giant audience. People are cheering and there's something exciting yeah. happening. So even though I, I don't really pay any attention, I could see if I was at the event and there's horses racing and everybody's yelling, yay, go yes. number three, go number whatever. Well, and the outfits are amazing, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the women all have these fabulous hats, as do the, the men too. And then even Mark, you saw mm-hmm. a photo. He wore a pale blue suit and sport coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, with roses on it, and I mean, it just was... And where do you get a suit like that? You get it online. All you have to do is Google, like, derby suits, and there's one main company. Oh, oh of course there is. <laughs> yes. And will he ever wear that suit anywhere except for at that event? Well, it is Mark, so yeah. probably yes, right? <laughs> but I think a normal person would not. I mean, it's not something you'd wear at work. I mean, like, the big hat, 
that ladies wear. Right. Okay, you know, maybe there's something else. Mother's you have a garden Day party or, or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. So. But the suit, yeah, it's a goofy suit. <laughs> I mean. Anytime like at an event where I see somebody wearing <laughs> something very specialized yes. suit-wise, I'm always like, really? Are oh, you ever going to wear that The men went time? all out. I mean, the, the man who won best dressed was in mm. a bright fuchsia, like <laughs> dark, dark pink, almost neon pink uh, suit. And he he loved it. It was again, you know, top and bottom. You got to be pretty confident to wear yes. something like that. Yep. So, and that's part of that's part of why they win. I think is because they are overly confident. There was another couple who I think should have been in the running for the best outfit. It mm-hmm. was uh, the woman came as a jockey, and her partner came as a horse. Oh, see, Isn't I would have. And they would have been like, "Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's creative and funny and charming." And but yeah, okay, lots of colors. It's well, fun. Well, I would have been there. But, but you, I had, I had old-fashioned fun and games. We didn't talk about you that. You were entertaining my children. I was, apparently. Although I didn't, they didn't jump out at me, and they didn't identify themselves. Because you were busy. Yeah. But they, they had fun, and they came home with a rope. <laughs> was, was it rope making? We always do rope making, okay. yes. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> See, I remember the potato sack races, the pie. Yeah. See, no. we used to get, there was, there was a guy at the Maritime Museum that used to do rope making all the time there on weekends, and he volunteered, and he used to come over for us for fun and games, and then... And then he didn't anymore. Oh. Uh, and I don't know if he was told he wasn't allowed to because he was expected to be at the Maritime Museum. Oh, could be. <laughs> What's the deal? Right. People are looking for you here and you're not here. So we made our own rope making machine. Perfect. And we've been doing it ever since. And and for whatever reason, kids love making a piece oh, they of rope. Love it. Yep. So in fact, when we moved, there was like eight pieces of rope in my son's room. <laughs> We're like, how many times did you need to keep making a rope? Right, from all the time. So you've had the experience. Now move on. (laughs) (laughs) But whenever, whenever I'm near the rope making, though, I always make the kids promise to use their ropes for good and not for evil. Oh yes. So it's just a word to the wise. My daughter has it out on her little trail in our backyard, and they were using it as a rope swing. Rope swing. Okay, that's that's good, and that's not evil. Correct. So that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we had a sponsored by Columbia Memorial Hospital Pediatrics, yes. and uh, it was a great event. Uh, the weather cooperated with us, and it was perfect. We had yeah. Tons of kids there, families having fun together, and and the thing that always amazes me is they loiter for quite a while. Oh, <laughs> I mean, because they want to do every event. Oh, the pie right. eating contest in just half an hour. Let's stay. Oh, the potato sack race is coming up. Oh, ice cream making. I want to watch that. So they kind of hang out for for more than just. 20 minutes it's like a few hours that everybody stays and that's nice yeah well and then we had this like nice batch of weather that followed too right all these sunny days and 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 you're on summer hours i was just making fun of this because i saw the summer hours sign outside the heritage museum you're giving me a bunch of grief i know oh it's summer here we've had one week of nice weather the side goes up it's always summer i know and you said it has nothing to do with that but i still think it's funny I said we're in May, and you corrected me that it's spring, not It is summer. still spring, so it's but spring we have, we hours. Have, we have winter hours, and we have summer hours. Okay. And that's it. Fine. <laughs> Carly would give you, she would correct you, too. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Yes. All right, so we, we got a, a good yes. show here, so we should get to it, because I have actually a pretty long list of uh, some th- fun of, things of things for, for you to talk about that happen on this day tomorrow. Okay. May 15th. So... Um, I'm going to lead off with one. I want you to try and guess the year. Okay. And instead of like stopping midstream so you know it's, oh, between this year oh. and whatever's next, <laughs> I'm doing this one first. James Puckle, which I love that name. James Puckle, a London lawyer, patents the world's first machine gun. Oh. I would not have guessed this with, with 50 guesses. Does that mean it's going to be earlier than I think? Probably. So... 1907. See, okay, 
I, the historian in me because the Gatlin gun was used in the Civil War, and that was kind of a machine gun. So I would have said like, oh, 1840, 1850. Okay. 1718. <gasps> oh, awful. 1718, James Puckle, a London lawyer, patents the world's first machine gun. To kill animals, right? I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't that stunning, though? 1718. Yes. All right. Um, but I, I thought I was going to throw you off even more with my first one on my list, 1222. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just did this one because I, I like, I just like saying all this. Mongolian leader Genghis Khan <laughs> meets the leader of the Taoist Dragon Gate sect, Chang Chun, wow. at his camp in Parwan, which huh. is modern-day Afghanistan. Oh, okay. And doesn't that just, it amazes me in this time period that you could have an empire that big. 1222. 1222. Afghanistan existed. That you're, you're talking to, well, right. it's Parwan. Right. Uh, but you're, you're talking to somebody in Parwan as part of your empire. Yeah. That's amazing to me. All right. Um, 1756, the Seven Years' War begins. Ooh. And of course, in U.S. history, we always call it the French and Indian War. Oh. Uh, the Europeans called it the Seven Years' War. Uh, 1817, the first private mental health hospital opens in the U.S. New York. Uh, no, good guess, though. It's now called uh, Friends Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. But at the time, it was called the Asylum for the Relief of Persons Deprived of the Use of Their Reason. Mm. I'm always a little wary of yes. institutions in general, but then when they use names like that, too, like the Friends Hospital. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's Friends Hospital today. Right. But, I know. But 1817. Uh, let's see. 1841. The first emigrant with an E wagon train to make it to California leaves Independence, Missouri on a 1,730 mile journey over the Sierra Nevada on this day in 1841. Ooh. They're heading west. Yeah. Promised land. We're coming out there. There's going to be something better for right. us. Right. Quite a mountain range, too, to go Yeah, over. and there was a huge uh, rivalry between Independence, Missouri, and St. Joseph, Missouri, where I lived for a while. Oh, yeah, and the, a rivalry. The, yes, about where was going to be the better jumping off point. Okay. And merchants were always like, oh, those guys in Independence are going to rip you off. Our prices are half their prices. You're going to buy all your stuff here instead of there. And then Independence would say, okay, but our, our crossing of the river is better here. You're going to maybe capsize up there. And it was like this really back and forth, newspaper ads and all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and actually, more people left from uh, St. Joe than Independence. They did. Yes. Okay. Um, it's not far off, but but more from St. Joe. 1862, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is created. Oh, okay. 1862, in the middle of the Civil War. 1897, the Scientific Humanitarian Committee is founded in Berlin by Magnus Hirschfeld, the first ever LGBT rights organization. Oh. And I think we mentioned them once before, and I didn't have time. I was going to do a little diver, deeper dive yeah. to talk about that. But uh, 1905, Las Vegas is founded. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1928, Mickey Mouse makes his first ever appearance in silent film, Plain Crazy. I saw that. that like, that's fun. That was almost going to be my history highlight. That's a, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, and actually, the the uh, immigrant wagon train was almost going to be my history highlight as well, because you know California right. and, and Oregon and Washington. Uh, Nineteen thirty-seven. This one's just for you, Madeline Madeline Albright, America's mm -hmm. first female Secretary of State, is born. I saw that. And yeah. you met her, didn't you? Not Madeline Albright. I keep forgetting. You, I get them flip flopping. Yes, you keep saying that. Yes. Janet Reno. Janet Reno. Yep. Ah, I knew it right when I said that. I was like, no, I got it <laughs> wrong again. 
1940. This was almost going to be my history highlight. This is another big one. I know what this Richard one is. Richard and Maurice McDonald opened the first McDonald's restaurant in California. McDonald's. 15 cents was the, <laughs> the hamburger, right? And cheeseburger. Did you ever see the movie uh, uh, Michael Keaton as the founder? No. As, as Ray, uh, Roy Kroc? Oh, interesting. Like, kind of steals everything from them. It's very oh. heartbreaking. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because oh. he was a milkshake guy. Hmm. And he was he was a milkshake salesman, the the maker of the milkshakes, and the Croc or the Croc brothers, the McDonald brothers ordered like fifteen, and he thought it was a mistake. And they're like, "No, we're so busy, we need fifteen milkshake makers." So he went and he saw it, and people were like walking up to the window and getting a bag of food, and the burgers were all the same. And Ray Croc was like, "This is genius, oh. and you should create franchises." And they were like, well, we just kind of like doing what we're doing. And he convinced them. And then he kind of takes over the whole company. Oh, my goodness. And he buys them out and, <gasps> and buys the name McDonald's as well. And they, they don't make anywhere near the fortune that Ray Kroc does. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, the movie's pretty good. Okay. Well, that's a good one. I Not mean, an Oregon film. I don't know why I'm talking about it. <laughs> but it stands the test of time, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Still McDonald's everywhere. So that's why it could have been the history highlight. Uh, 1988, Russians begin withdrawal from Afghanistan. But our history highlight of the day, it's a tie. Oh, so many today. I know. There were a yeah. lot of choices, but I think these two were the, were clearly okay. more important, perhaps. Now, these are always up to argument, and that's they, a fun thing you can do at home. You can argue <laughs> about these. Yeah. The first one is 1800. President John Adams orders the federal government to Washington, D.C. On this day, he orders the federal government to pack up and leave Philadelphia and set up shop in the nation's new capital in Washington, D.C. After Congress adjourned its last meeting in Philadelphia, on May 15th, Adams told his cabinet to make sure Congress and all federal offices were up and running smoothly in their new headquarters by June 15th. You got a month. Right. Uh, Philadelphia officially ceased to serve as the nation's capital as of June 11th, 1800. I wonder where the capital was in between. The four days. Right. Didn't exist uh, yet. At the time, there were only about 125 federal employees. Official documents and archives were transferred from Philadelphia to the new capital by ship over inland waterways. President and Mrs. Adams did not move into the unfinished president's mansion until November of that year. Settling into the uh, White House was a challenge for the new first lady in December. Abigail Adams wrote to a friend later that she had to line dry her clothes in what eventually becomes the East Room. Oh, how funny. I love the idea of the president's laundry hanging yes. in one of the rooms. Oh, you can't put it outside. It's too yeah. cold. <laughs> so that was one of them. Okay. Our, our nation's yeah, new capital. Yeah, that's a good one. So important. But uh, the other one that I couldn't decide which was more important between those two, 1869, the National Woman Suffrage Association forms in New York, founded by, and you've all heard these names, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Stanton. Yeah, that's so, you're right. That is a good tie. So. And I missed that one. I you didn't even it? have that oh, one. I know. For shame. I must not have kept looking. <laughs> <laughs> you got distracted terrible. by McDonald's. I did, yes. Which, uh, yeah, those are good. I agree. Okay. So anything you I did, missed? No, you did good this week. For Mother's right. Day, you did well. We're going to uh, talk about Mother's, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Let's talk about it. The history of Mother's Day. So let's go back. It starts with, I think, very appropriately so, a mother and a daughter. In, was it Susan B. Anthony? No, it's not. <laughs> in 1858, Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia, whose mother, also named Anna Jarvis. Oh, that's confusing. This confused me. It took me many times to read this before I understood. 
So Anna Jarvis, whose mother, also named, had organized women's groups to promote friendship and health, organized a mother's work days. And the work days were to improve sanitation and avert deaths from disease-bearing insects and seepage of polluted water. So bringing women together with a very specific issue on these days. Uh, her daughter recalls listening to her mom's Sunday school lesson on, on mothers in the Bible saying, quote, I hope and pray that someone sometime will found a memorial Mother's Day. There are many days for men, but none for mothers. Mm. Hear, hear, lady. <laughs> By May of 1907, a Mother's Day service had been arranged on the second Sunday in May at the Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia, where Mother Jarvis had taught. That same day, a special service was also held in Wanamaker Auditorium in Philadelphia, which could seat no more than a third of the 15,000 people who showed up. Wow. Jarvis's daughter continued to memorialize her mom's activism and began a campaign that culminated when Congress passed a Mother's Day resolution. <laughs> I love that it's for all mothers, but it's also like, hey, my mom right. did all this cool stuff and I want her remembered and I want like to yep. have her. And again, although it was called Mother's Day because it was started by a mom and a daughter, right? It, it was for women. So all of these women got together and worked on these social issues and social projects together. So mm -hmm. at this point, since virtually every state was observing the day, um, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson made it a national holiday. All right. And although Jarvis had promoted the wearing of a white carnation as a tribute to one's mother, the custom developed of wearing a red or pink carnation to represent a living mother or a white carnation for a mother who had passed away. What had originally been primarily a day of honor became associated with the sending of cards and the giving of gifts. However, and in protest against its commercialization, Jarvis, this is the younger one, spent the last years of her life trying to abolish the holiday she had brought into being. In fact, she was arrested during one of her protests in 1948. <laughs> she hated it. She hated what it had become. See, It had I'm, lost that volunteer spirit and activism with it. I get that. I understand that because it is such a commercialization yeah. of, oh, I have to send flowers. Oh, I have to send a card. Right. Oh, I have to get a present. And if it was about activism and, I know, and, and right? doing things, all of a sudden now it's... <laughs> she was it's, angry. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's about burning toast and bring it to you in bed and saying, look, we're helping. So there's another influence <laughs> so, as well. I'll let you share. Okay. A poet's influence. In 1872, when Boston poet, pacifist, and women's suffragist Julia Ward Howe, we've heard of her, established a special day for mothers and for peace. Not long after the bloody Franco-Prussian War, 1872, the cause of world peace was the impetus for Julia Ward Howe's establishment over a century ago of a special day for mothers. Following unsuccessful efforts to pull together an international pacifist con conference after the Franco-Prussian War, Howe began to think of a global appeal to women. While the war was still in progress, she wrote, she cleanly felt the, quote, cruel and unnecessary character of the contest. She believed, as any woman might, that it could have been settled without bloodshed. And she wondered, why do not the mothers of mankind interfere in these matters to prevent the waste of that human life of which they alone bear and know the cost? Howe's version of Mother's Day, which served as an occasion for advocating peace, was held successfully in Boston and elsewhere for several years, but eventually lost popularity and disappeared from public notice in the years preceding World War One. And see if it had kept going. Maybe there's no World War One. Right. And see, I'm going to insert my opinion here, not mm -hmm. fact, that I will blame a man probably for 
turning this into a now a commercial holiday. Um, and we're going to talk about some things that mothers or women do like. But, I, you know, the origin certainly did change, right? I mean, the, the, that origin does not exist anymore. Yeah, I like both of those stories. But I am curious because I lived you know, just north of Kansas City, and my sister still lives in Kansas City, and I like the town, and that's the the, the home of Hallmark Cards. And I'm kind of curious, did they create this whole idea of sending cards, or did they capitalize on the idea? I have to do some some snooping, some history. We'll get back to that. I'm curious, which led to which? If they're like, haha, let's create this thing. Or were they like, you know, people are sending notes and they're sending right. handmade cards. We should make some cards and we can make some money. And we do have something on cards. So okay. let's let's look into that. These All are right. some interesting facts and just some tidbits about Mother's Day. So the first one is Mother's Day is on a different day each year. In case you are wondering, hmm. uh, Mother's Day is always the second Sunday in May. So that means it's a different date each year. So this year it's today, May 14th. And next year it will be May 12th. So mark your that calendars. seems early. Second yeah. Saturday. Okay, so the or top Sunday. the top <laughs> items that moms want for Mother's Day are pretty simple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to a 2021 poll, American mothers' top picks for Mother's Day gifts were a card, flowers, and or a special experience with their family. Or without their family. That's or without okay their too. family. See, I would think that would be number <laughs> right. one. I don't. I, I honestly don't think. I know. Really, a card, flowers. Don't get me flowers. Every time Mark gets like like florist flowers, which are beautiful always, I'm just like cringing. I'm like, oh, just go pick some. Go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or plant some flowers yourself right. and then you can pick them. Exactly. We have quite a bit. So the average age for first-time moms is on the rise. The average age for this group has gone up over the last two decades, according to the Centers for Disease Control. In 2000, the average age was 249 and in 2020, it was 27.1. 24 seems so young to me. I know. It's really kind of 25, 24.9. Yeah, 20, that still yeah. seems young. It does. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 27 I, I wouldn't like have had a baby good. at 40, so. <laughs> now, how can that be when you're 38? Exactly. All right. So lots of Americans go out for Mother's Day. Yep, true. Mother's Day is a pretty popular day to ditch the kitchen and eat out. Surprise, in, surprise. In 2018, around 87 million adults went to restaurants to eat, according to data from the National Restaurant Association. Even during the pandemic, Mother's Day was a big one for restaurants. In 2020, consumer spending at restaurants soared 103% on Mother's Day Sunday, and 63% on Saturday, compared to average daily revenue throughout the coronavirus pandemic, according huh. to Dater. Interesting. Um, Mother's Day is also a popular church-going day. Uh, since Mother's Day always falls on a Sunday, attending church services is a popular activity among families. Uh, in one poll, uh, pastors say the highest attendance on Sundays throughout the year, Mother's Day ranks third behind Easter and Christmas. I could see that. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mom gets her way, right? Yep. Uh, ancient Greeks and Romans celebrated Mother's Day. What is there, like some crazy time warp thing going on here? <laughs> their own versions, Their obviously. own versions. Ancient myths allude to the fact that Greeks and Romans celebrated Mother's Day by honoring the goddess Sibyl. I'm probably not saying that right. Probably not. Personifying Mother Earth, Gaia, and the goddess of fertility, and Rhea, mother of the gods. See, they did celebrate. There's a lot more celebrations around women, right? See, though, is that a celebration of Mother's Day or is it a celebration of these two female gods? Right, of women. Goddesses. Exactly. 
So okay. a little stretch there. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Mother's Day was originally a day for women to protest. So we talked about this and still brings out calls for social justice. As we mentioned, social activist Julia Ward Howe first brought the idea of Mother's Day to the United States after the Civil War. But Howe's version was much different from the flowers and hugs version we know today. Uh, she wrote a Mother's Day proclamation and envisioned a Mother's Day for peace in which women would continually protest against war. Some groups still avoid the holiday in this manner, one of the most famous being a huge crowd of women who gathered outside the Lawrence Livermore Library at the University of California in 1982 to protest nuclear weapons. But that's the Hmm. last big one. The last big protest. Yes. Maybe Maybe you should start something up. Right. Clatsop County. Uh, Other countries celebrate Mother's Day, but it's often on different dates. Uh, Other countries celebrate their own versions of Mother's Day. The UK has Mothering Sunday. Mm. I kind of like the way that sounds. Uh, Which dates back to the 16th century and is observed on the fourth Sunday after Lent. Interesting. Uh, Uh, Japan has its celebration of the Empress Kojon's birthday, which has become just as commercialized as the American (laughs) Mother's Day. And Spain and Portugal celebrate on December 8th by honoring both the Virgin Mary and their own moms. Interesting. Uh, there are a lot of moms in the U.S. According to the most uh, recent Pew Research study, there are 85 million mothers in the United States. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's also a popular day for phone calls. A 2010 survey from Reuters found that Mother's Day is the most popular day for phone calls. Additionally, Verizon reported seeing a 13% increase in voice calls versus text mm-hmm. on Mother's Day compared to a typical Sunday. Okay, so so picture yourself in 40 years. Okay. okay. You're you're in the old folks home <laughs> and your kids live across the country, so they don't visit oh, you every day. Sad. Yes. And maybe they don't call you every day. Okay, maybe they're kind of like on a weekly call, let's say. <laughs> so I'm I'm setting I'm painting this picture cuz you know, obviously some people talk to their parents every day. Or talk to their kids every day. Yes. So if you're not on that daily call and you don't have, you're not like, you don't have your driver's license, you're not driving around anymore, and you had two kids, do you want them both to call on the same day? Or would you like be more excited by one calling Saturday and one calling Sunday? So you have like two things, highlights of your day. Oh, my girls should be visiting me that day. (laughs) They should be flying home from wherever they are. Wherever they are. (laughs) Even if they're like, Doing exactly. some scientific study in Antarctica, they should yep. be flying home. But you know, to they'll you. probably be like um, superimposed in my living room by that time mm-hmm. in forty years. I mean, oh, okay. no voice calls That's anymore. True. It's, it's all going to be FaceTime. I mean, but I always just think about that. Like, okay, if if that's going to be a highlight of the day, why not right. have three days of that instead of like? Well, maybe just you on should one. call your mom more, Mac, <laughs> than just one day a year. How about that? <laughs> well, I said weekly. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, so Americans spend hmm. billions on Mother's Day gifts. In 2021, the National Retail Federation predicted Americans would spend just over $28 billion on Mother's Day gifts. And according to Hallmark, Mother's Day is the third largest card sending holiday in the United States. About 113 million cards are exchanged each year. But I'm going to do some research, see if they created that I know, or whether they just took advantage of it. Uh, Americans spend more on Mother's Day than they do on Father's Day. Of that course. makes me happy. <laughs> A 2019 poll found that 33% of Americans say they tend to spend more money on Mother's Day gifts and celebrations, while just 6% said they usually spend more for Father's Day. That's because nobody knows what to get their father. <laughs> so so we, have, we, we can end with this one. Stay-at-home moms should be making six figures. And I agree. 
Job of a mother is never done. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, and the ongoing pandemic did highlight just how much is expected of mom. According to one study, stay-at-home moms, in theory, should make $162,581 a year. That's a good one to end on. I agree. That is a good one. I totally yeah. agree. Compensation for the work spent. It's the toughest job in the world. And that's probably not even counting the overtime, the, the uh, late hours. Uh, the, I'm, I'm all over. I the, get. I got to leave and go to work. <laughs> the cleaning up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm all over. Like, yeah, I know that I wasn't there when they come home and you have, you're the one that forces them to do the homework and yep. I wasn't. So um, I totally agree with that. Well, we but. love you, moms. I love you, mom. Uh, see, aren't you glad I talk to you every day? <laughs> And happy Mother's Day. And thank you to all the women out there for being you. Here, here. Happy Mother's Day. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.